This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 8th of November. In your Squiz today, more problems for Medibank... The US midterm elections kick off, sniffling through spring, and a special sight in the skies tonight. This is your Squiz Today. Claire, we've talked about Medibank a few times recently, but the Aussie health insurer is back in the news. Yesterday, it provided a couple of updates about its October data hack. Medibank boss David Koskar says the number of affected customers is now 9.7 million. That's more than double what they previously thought. Medibank is our largest health insurer, so it's a lot of people who have been exposed in this data hack. Uh, And what they also said yesterday is that they won't pay any ransom. Uh, That's based on advice from cybercrime experts and also from the federal government. Uh, The thinking is that if they did pay it, uh, they don't reckon that customers' data would be returned or kept off the internet. Uh, And what David Koskar said yesterday as well is that it could even have the opposite effect of encouraging criminals to directly extort customers. And Koskar says Medibank hasn't had any reports of the hack leading to customers being directly targeted yet, but he reckons that could change now that the company has refused to pay up. They've also worked out what's been stolen in the attack, but there's no word yet on who's responsible. No, we haven't heard who, uh, but on what has been breached. It's names, dates of birth, phone numbers and email addresses uh, of 5.1 million Medibank customers, uh, 2.8 million AHM customers, that's Medibank's low-cost brand, uh, and also 1.8 million international customers have been accessed. That also includes the claims of nearly 500,000 people, uh, including highly sensitive health information. And the hacker also got access to Medicare numbers of AHM customers and passport numbers and visa details for international student customers. So it's pretty concerning if you're a Medibank customer. And plenty of squizzes will be in that boat. Medibank says its next step will be advising customers how exactly they've been affected. And they say they're aiming to do that as soon as possible. In the meantime, Medibank has a support line and the government's cybersecurity website Scamwatch is offering tips on how to protect yourself. So I'll pop some of the links to those in the episode notes in case you need them. The US midterm elections are kicking off tonight, our time, Claire. Now, I'm sure everyone has listened to last week's excellent squiz shortcut, but to refresh your memory, these are the elections that happen at the midway point of a president's term in office. Alice, I'm sure you're right. Everyone has listened. (laughs) (laughs) But look, there's a bunch of state and local elections on too. Uh, But looking at the federal government, 
all 435 seats of the House of Representatives will be voted on. Uh, they have two-year terms. If you thought our three-year terms for the House of Reps were bad enough, <laughs> they have two-year terms. Uh, and this time around, 35 Senate spots are also up for grabs. It's a big day for Democratic President Joe Biden because it's a bit of a referendum on his leadership and it will determine whether the remaining couple of years of his current term are harder uh, than it is now, particularly on issues like abortion rights, economic policy and the climate crisis. And there's one very familiar face that I'm sure people will recognise. Former President Donald Trump has endorsed a couple hundred candidates and he's been making speeches to his Republican supporters in the lead up to the vote. And there's reports that say he's tipped to officially announce his 2024 presidential campaign soon. So it's all happening. It most certainly is. Claire, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has warned that Russia might be planning more attacks on the country's power infrastructure and officials are particularly worried about hits to the capital, Kyiv. Yeah, so rolling blackouts have really become a part of everyday life for millions of Ukrainians. And the mayor of Kyiv, uh, his name is Vitaly Klitschkow, uh, he has warned the city's residents that they might need to leave their homes, even temporarily, uh, if there is a total power outage or further disruptions to the local water supply there. Uh, winter is fast approaching, of course course and there are serious and growing concerns for Ukrainians. Yeah, it can get bitterly cold in Ukrainian winter and authorities say about 40% of the country's vital infrastructure has already been damaged. So if Russia takes out more, it will be really difficult for Ukraine to manage. It seems like half of our office is sneezing and snuffly at the moment, Claire, and it's <laughs> not from COVID. It's hay fever and we're not the only ones. As the temperature goes up, so do the pollen levels. Yeah, knock on wood so far, so good for me. <laughs> I know you've got a few sniffles, but yeah, you're right. There are plenty around us who are doing it really tough at the moment. Uh, it all goes hand in hand with all the rain that we've had in eastern and southern Australia. And with some warmer weather now, uh, it's created the best conditions for growing grass and also growing seasonal allergy woes. Um, hay fever and asthma sufferers were warned uh, to stay indoors as pollen levels lifted yesterday yesterday uh, from high to extreme. That was in Canberra and also parts of Victoria. And that's set to continue as the week warms up. Yeah. And tomorrow is likely to be the worst day for hay fever sufferers. Experts are saying although the grass pollen season usually ends by Christmas, this year's late start to spring could see it go right through until January. So you might want to add a couple of boxes of tissues to your shopping lists. A message now from our podcast partner, Sunbeam. With so many unhealthy snacks on offer, it can be hard to find something to keep your kids satisfied and happy. Sunbeam's dried fruit and cheese chilled snacks contain only real fruit and real cheese with no artificial colours or flavours. And they're a great source of calcium. It's a snack you can feel good about giving them while you're on the go. Pick up a pack today in the dairy fridge at your local Woolworths, Coles or independent retailer. Claire, it's going to be a great night to go outside and look up at the sky. We're likely to see a blood moon or lunar eclipse tonight. And it's a pretty special one because it's the last we're going to see for a few years. 
Yeah, so weather permitting, it will be a special night. Uh, What happens with the blood moon is the sun, earth and moon line up and the earth's shadow covers the moon, giving it a very red hue. Uh, The first stage of the shadow moving over the moon, that sort of begins in all states before 9pm and what they call the period of totality, which is when the moon's in full shadow, uh, that will go for about 85 minutes. So there's lots of opportunities. So there's plenty of time to get out and see it by the sounds of it. Across Australia, different time zones will see it at different times. So I'll pop a link in the episode notes so you can get organised and see it wherever you are. Claire, before we finish up, there's something a bit different from us today. We're launching our first ever women and news report. Yeah, so you might remember a few weeks ago we asked you to fill out a survey for us and, look, heaps of you did it, which is really cool. And in total we worked out that there were probably more than 2,600 women who answered 25 of the questions that we put to you uh, and that was about news and trust and also the big issues. So long story short, Many are feeling very anxious about the news and a bit pessimistic about the world. Uh, And of course, that's what we're here for, just to make things a bit easier to keep up with the big news and also to have a few laughs along the way. Yeah, well, I might be a bit biased, but I think we do a pretty good job of that. Oh, totally. (laughs) If you're one of those awesome squizzers who filled out the survey for us, or if you're keen to have a look over the report, you can also find it in your episode notes. And that wraps us up for today. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week, where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although mm. they do leak <laughs> a, a fair amount of it. Yeah. And there is a famous time when a, when um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers but the day before the budget and was it's able to such print. such an incredible story. Was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is a lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and, and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed, handled in an appropriate, appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.